0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats? and not even get your tickets. That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats, and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com, where smart fans buy tickets online, no hidden fees, search and buy now 100% authentic tickets, best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee that's 110% guarantee they show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees if your ticket is $26 your pr- your purchase is $26 no joke the most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out, and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Today is Friday, October 4th, 2019, which means all but two things. It means it's finally time for Game 1 of the American League Division Series between the New York Yankees and Minnesota Twins at Yankee Stadium. Tonight, James Paxton on the bump for the Bombers, and tonight we begin our quest, basically, for World Series Championship. Number 28, replace for 28, chase for 28, Call it whatever you want to call it. It all starts tonight. Check out all Yankees postseason game recap episodes here on the O Show as I will be joined by Belly Up Sports Yankees writer Donnie Finkel. It begins tonight only on Apple Podcasts. But Friday, October 4th also means that it is Flashback Friday here on the O Show. And on today's Flashback Friday episode brought to you by Tick Pick, the number one marketplace for no hidden fees. We take a look back at my first interview ever. Uh, I originally thought the dumpster fire interview with Jason Michaels was my first interview ever. But after going back into the Wayback Machine, I discovered that it wasn't. My first interview ever took place nearly a year and a half ago. Uh, when I got the chance to chat with current Philadelphia 76ers play-by-play broadcaster Mark Zoomoff about his broadcasting school, his book, which is entitled Performance, Production, and Development, a book for sportscasting, and a little bit about his experience calling games during the U.S. Olympics back in 2015. Now, for all you loyal listeners out there, if you tuned into my interviews with Jason Michaels and even Tim Redding last week, you'd notice that they were very... What's the word? Vanilla? Bad, even? Some of my first interviews ever, really. So looking back and editing those interviews were a real eye-opener for me. Nothing compared to this interview with a guy like Mark Zumoff, who has done and seen it all in a career that I see myself pursuing. So after hours of toying with this interview, I have hopefully made this an enjoyable interview to listen to. I talked to Mark for almost 40 minutes, honestly, before we actually started recording Basically about me and my aspirations to become a big league broadcaster, which I truly appreciated coming from him. Uh, It shows how much he cares about broadcasting. So a big portion of this interview kind of revolves around my plans in broadcasting with his expertise behind working with Turner Sports, NBC Philadelphia with the 76ers and all of his other experiences. Uh, When we went on the air, I actually asked him to summarize his broadcasting school in his book, and he probably went on, on about the topic for about 20 minutes before I even got the chance to talk again. So insanely, insanely intelligent guy in this business. For any aspiring sports broadcasters out there, make sure to tune into this one. It's a good one. Here's my interview with the voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, Mark Zumoff, here on the O Show, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out, make sure to check out all of our content at bellyupsports.com and visit our shop at bellyupshop.com. We team with Design Tree, a lot of new postseason shirts coming out for MLB, and we're also sponsored by Tick Pick. You heard the ad at the beginning, number one marketplace with no hidden fees. Get your tickets now. Let's go. Today, we welcome on a very special guest. He is the voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, owner of Zoomoff Productions, a broadcasting school for aspiring young sportscasters, and co-author of the college textbook, Total Sportscasting, Performance, Production, and Career Development, Mr. Mark Zumoff. Mark and I have gotten to discuss my broadcast aspirations over the past half hour or so. Uh, I just wrapped up uh, summer internship out in Los Angeles with the Southern California Catch collegiate baseball team in the Col- California Collegiate League just outside of Anaheim. First time ever really getting behind the mic to call in-game action. It's been something I've wanted to do since I was about 10 years old, really, watching Michael Kay call Yankee games on the YES Network my entire childhood growing up in new jersey uh we talked about zoom off productions a little bit your school of broadcasting for aspiring sportscasters explain to us a little bit about zoom off productions and a little bit of uh some of your experience that led you to wanting to teach aspiring sportscasters so i've done just about everything you could do in the business
0: um news sports radio tv anchor reporter writing, interviews, reporter packages, hosting, sideline, you name it. I've probably done it in some form or fashion. This will be my 25th year at the TV Voice of the Sixers, and it is my 15th year as a broadcast host. Basically, what I do there is I mold myself to individual clients. So, I don't have any sort of classes or homework assignments or webinars or anything like that. I have over 200 clients. They're located all over the country, and they fit many different descriptions. Men, women, newscasters, sportscasters, former professional athletes, professional sports teams, anchors, reporters, sideline people, digital
1: media Uh, play-by-play. So as you can see, one
0: size does not. So what I do, Jack, is I mold myself to you. I customize myself to you and whatever your needs are going forward. Obviously, you still have three years left of school, and eventually you're going to want to break into the business in some form. I help you mainly in three main areas. The first is your performance. And that, it can cover a lot of ground. That's how you look, how you sound, how you prepare. It can cover writing. It can cover skill acquisition, like learning how to shoot, how to edit, uh, anchoring, reporting, pretty much everything and anything that you need to do to develop your broadcast talents, to widen your broadcast talents. And if you cover things like you know, you're working, let's say you get a color analyst and you're working with your analyst, but you have an issue with your analyst, or, you know, you need to pick courses at Grand Canyon, or you need to figure out, um, you know, you need to audition for their sports show or something like that. Pretty much everything you can think of that has to do with you and your sports media aspirations. At some point, you will have to have a demo. This is area number two. And what I do there is I help you take samples and put them. Aside. When opportunities come for you to send out your material, whether you're sending it out to people that you meet in a business for a critique, or you're sending out material for an employment opportunity, uh, I'm there to help you to formulate. I'm, I'm an author of a textbook on sports casting, and I mention that because everybody who becomes a client gets a copy of it, so it's almost like taking a a course and you have an accompanying textbook as well. But I mention it because there's a chapter in there just on the demo so that will help you a lot as it relates to what material to put away eventually how to use it. The last thing is career so, as you know, our business is a very competitive one and it's competitive for a reason. It is, um, I've never worked a day in my life over 41 years. Listen, who wouldn't want to be Michael Campbell? Who wouldn't want to do what you did over the summer, but at the major league level? Get paid? It's an awesome, awesome thing to get to do, and you're paid. But because it's so much fun, and it can be so rewarding, uh, it's a tough business to break so what I advocate is networking, a lot of networking. So the one thing I help you to do, even when we first start to work together, is to build a network for you. So that by the time you graduate, or even before you graduate, you know enough people in the that you can begin to hear about opportunities before they become, which is a way for you to compete with the next guy who is just answering, you know, just an email in somebody's inbox. Okay. You want to be more. So, Jack, the way all this works is everything is done once a year. I do come out to Phoenix once a year with this. I had many clients on the road before, either at games or the team hotel, something. It is not necessary for me to, you don't have to need it. So, the way that this works is this you become a, and we have an initial, and what we do is we drill down deep, deeper into your experience. Deeper into what it is you plan to do at Grand Canyon for the coming fall and spring, summer. what resources are available, to, and achieving short term and eventually long term. And then, like any coach player relationship, we come up with a game plan, and then you go into the game, so to speak, and you enact the game. And anytime you need help with it, it could be feedback on a half inning of preparing for an interview for an intern. It could be formulating, and for GCTV to be an anchor. It could be building reporter packages, learning how to shoot, and it could be the all you have to do is. Eat. And depending on the urgency of the situation, that'll dictate my response. So you might send me a half inning, and I'll say, "Hey, great, Jack. I got it. Thanks very much. You'll be hearing from me, you know, in a battle. Or you could email me and say, "Mark." I- you know, six o'clock, but I have a 10 a.m. interview with someone for a really cool internship, and I'll say, all right, listen, I got a game tonight, Jack. I'll uh, I'll call you, or you could call me after the game, and get you ready for the interview for the internship. You'll always feel like I'm there for you, even though I do have other clients. You'll never feel like you're one of you know, help that you and I are connected and uh, all about you and what it is that you need to do. A couple things about uh, I'm a good. Uh, My clients mean a lot to me, so when I wake up in the morning, I survey all the emails in my email in my inbox. Uh, Typically, clients are the first ones I respond to. Even if I can't give you a detailed response right away, I'll at least say, "You know, I'm drunk on chainsaws right now, but you know, I'll get back to you uh, in for you to get the answers to whatever question." Last year, I had the opportunity to do some NBA playoff games for the year before I had the opportunity to go and cover the Olympics for NBC Sports. I was the play-by-play voice for Women's Best. So, over 41 years, I've had a chance to do a lot of different things. I've made a lot of stupid mistakes. I've done some really dumb things. The whole experience, Jack, has imbued me with a knowledge that can answer just about any question or give you help in just about any area. So, I charge about the cost of a college, and I put it that way because it's really the only way, I think, to comparison. So, for example, say your parents need a plumber or an electrician to do something. They can call in other electricians and plumbers and do some comparison with me. It's hard to do that because not many people do what I do, and I, nobody does it the way that I so if you haven't already, I'm going to assume that at Grand Canyon, you are going to have an elective that you don't know, read. General Correct. studies. Work. You've already
1: done, you've already yeah. Yeah, you taken the course. Yeah, and you pay for it because it's a
0: degree. Request. What I say to people is, if, you, if you're going here's an opportunity to take another course that is going to be a solid guidepost for you as you go through your schooling and into your career. Really, really be a big help. For so I charge a one-time only. And news about that: there's actually two things you need to know. One, you can reach out to me anytime you want, as often as you want. There's no limit to that. So you don't have to. Pay. And the other thing is, there's no end date to the contract. It's literally for a so through the next three years of grant, If you should go to graduate school, I'm there. If you, if you obtain gainful employment, I'm there. You know, you'll find that no matter what it is that you do through your advanced years when you rise up in the minor league, decide that you want to be in digital media or you decide that you want to um, be a reporter or an anchor or something like, you'll find that the people who hire you either don't have the expertise to give you feedback and advice or uh, don't have the knowledge base. Whoever hired you to do the SoCal Catch this year, probably the general so they know what they like. They know what they like, but they don't necessarily have the expertise that I would point to some of the technical oh, things
1: that for sure. make
0: you a better broadcaster.
1: Now, we've talked about some of the things that could make me a better broadcaster in the future, whether it's cadence or overall verbiage, calls, enthusiasm, etc., and we talked about some of the things that I've done wrong thus far as a broadcaster, whether it was inaccurate information or mispronouncing a name. What were some of your biggest challenges when you first started as a young sportscaster, and are there any specific things that you did that you look back at and say, man, I I wish I could have done better? Yeah. Um, We're not going
0: into too much detail, saying things that don't make sense, saying things that are incorrect, Uh, treating a certain situation with management that uh, was probably a little inappropriate, using profanity once, unintentionally, there was an open mind that I didn't realize, ad living myself into a corner and having nowhere to go and making no sense, stuff like that. Doing that kind of stuff will ultimately help you to gain wisdom. And wisdom, if you acknowledge your mistake and hold on to that wisdom, it'll go a long way to helping you to become a better broadcaster and maybe even a better
1: So you've gotten a chance to check out some of my demos from over the summer some of my games in the California Collegiate League. What is the number one most efficient way to learn how to be a broadcaster for beginners for all of those aspiring sportscasters out there that are listening? Okay, the conundrum with
0: setups like the online one you have is that there's a video component, so I often advise younger broadcasters like yourself who are trying to break into, you know, real-life minor league baseball, affiliated baseball, is to ignore the video portion and pretend it's radio only, so the goal is to really hunker down and become the radio voice where you're visualizing the listener being blind, your descriptions are detailed and vivid, and um, you know, that's an important aspect a good radio broadcaster and what I would advise you to do next time is to pretend that there is no video component and really get down and dirty with a good radio call and we can go over that and how best to do that. I certainly think your effort was good, your research was good, you could tell that you were engaged, that you were really enjoying what you were doing. Uh, as you mentioned it was really evident that you came to the broadcast prepared and you had spent some time with players and coaches and that's always a good thing, especially in baseball. Uh, A number of things that will come with reps. um, One thing to me stood out uh, in particular, and that was the ability to establish a range of emotions in your voice, where you can communicate through inflection, through cadence, through energy, through conversation, things like drama, humor, biographical information, uh, you know, things that are just happening in the stands, or uh, different promotions that are coming up later on, whatever the case may be, you know, there's an ebb and flow to every sporting event, and you need to be able to communicate that through the sound of your voice. So, in other words, your delivery needs to vary more so that I can hear from moment to moment getting a real feel of what's going on. So, you know, obviously your delivery and inflections is going to be different with a foul ball as opposed to, when there's a base hit to score a run. So, you know, I need to hear someone who during action is relaxed, is conversational, who is really, truly communicating with the listener in a way that you would communicate with a buddy or, uh, you know, describing the action for him or her. What I did hear with your cadence and your level, it stayed pretty much the same. So in other words, you know, let's say you're announcing a game. You could say, uh, here's what I would do. I would say, Smith. Trying to get out of trouble. First pitch is in there for a strike. Smith has given up three hits already, three runs, here in the third inning alone. He has certainly been lights out lately, but this one, anything but. Already really is one of the best in the league. Now from the stretch, here's the pitch. Here's a line to the center of base hit. It's going to score two more runs. Here's the throw to second. It is not in time. And now the catch trailing 5-1. to Hear the difference? This is the kind of stuff that, and, and you got plenty of time to do this. This is all part of development, but um, that's just one of the things. You know, we can get into things like preparation, descriptions, storytelling, and whatnot as you go along. But generally speaking, that was the one thing that stood out that I wanted to relay to you. Also, Jack, and um, you're a blank slate right now with a wonderful opportunity at a really good school. So by the time you graduate, it's not going to be just about announcing games. It's going to be about social media. It's going to be about digital. It's going to be about writing. It's going to be acquiring other skills like shooting and editing and the ability to tell stories both through video and audio and writing. And if you do a little bit of anchoring, if you do some reporting, because all this stuff is going to make you more employable as you go. Before I did the fixers, my waiting room, so to speak, was the halftime host. And I did it all there. I shot, I edited, I anchored, I recorded, you know, I was the host. I did sideline and because I was equipped with tools to do that, I was able to be the halftime guy and then when the opportunity arose for me to become the play by play voice, I was able to slide over. Not only that, but you might you might end up liking it. You might decide, you know what? I wanna be uh, I wanna be a, um, you know, a podcaster or You know, I like this aspect of it. So, you know, you never really know. But the beauty
1: of acquiring all these different skills is it increases your employability. Wow. So for all you aspiring sports journalists, broadcasters, and podcasters out there, take note. That was a ton of great information to know. Uh, What what can you tell me about your broadcast experiences, especially calling women's basketball games during the Olympics in Rio? Because that's just a crazy opportunity. What was that like just a couple of years ago? It was really intense because
0: I'd never been on a stage that big before. I mean, I'd done some national stuff, but this was the Olympics. So so for three weeks, I mean, I enjoyed myself, had a good time. I spent nice moments. My wife came down. Uh, the producer was a friend of mine. I enjoyed interacting with the crew. But, you know, there was a lot of work and you're doing games every other day, sometimes two games. Uh, you know, the prep work was intense because one minute you're doing the Japanese team, the next minute you're doing a team from Ghana, the next minute it's the French team. And I've done a lot of preparation beforehand, just on women's basketball in general, trying to learn more about the American team. And because you're being exposed to so many people, network people, and uh, the audiences worldwide, you, you really i spent a lot of time
1: just being intense and having my head in the game and make sure I didn't screw it up. And that's just a crazy opportunity to me. And you've been with the Philadelphia 76ers for 25 years now. You mentioned you started out as the halftime host. Now you're a play-by-play broadcaster at NBC Sports Philadelphia. What has the evolution been like in Philadelphia? Because the 76ers were just known as one of the more worse-off teams in the league what's it like now uh, going through this process trust the process the motto what's what's it like been working with the 76ers as it's evolved over the past few years in the beginning I not only did play by play but I
0: anchored a pre-game show as well which was a lot of work eventually that duty went away now <clears throat> I participate a lot in not only calling game. my participation in social media is very important. I do a lot of work with uh, podcasting and even after our uh, broadcast rights expire after the first round of the playoffs, my company has me involved as a reporter with the team. So I was embedded with the Sixers when I went to Boston and you know, did a lot of reporting there. Um, the games were on network TV, but we still did pregame shows, post-game shows. Uh, we have sports news shows that I was involved with. So we're being asked by our company because the general philosophy is changing to do a lot as it relates to social media and things.
1: Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online, no hidden fees, search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. If your ticket is $26, your pr- your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web. Authentic, valid tickets, backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. So that's Honestly, was a great interview with a lot of great content with Mark Zumoff, the play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia 76ers. Sorting through that and editing that interview, you really learned, or at least I really learned, a lot of aspects and fundamentals of broadcasting from a 30-plus year veteran in the business, Mark Zumoff So for any aspiring sportscasters out there that want tips in broadcasting, I highly recommend listening to this episode and possibly even reaching out to Mark about his broadcasting school, Zumoff Productions. So... Thanks for listening, and remember to tune in later for our Yankees-Twins Game 1 recap episode. Remember that we will be recording post-game recap pods throughout the rest of the 2019 Yankees postseason. Me and Donnie Finkel, man. All right, hit it, Hootie. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online, no hidden fees, search and buy now 100% authentic tickets best price guarantee 24 7 customer service buy bid on and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110 percent guarantee that's 110 percent guarantee they show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide zero percent buyer fees if your ticket is 26 dollars your pro your purchase is 26 dollars no joke the most transparent Consumer friendly ticket marketplace on the web. Authentic, valid tickets backed by our 100% money back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at tickpick.com. Get your tickets now.